sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. One final time in the year 2022, welcome to a Football Friday, live right here on the morning after on SportsGrid. Sirius XM, Channel 159, that is the home for SportsGrid Radio on Sirius XM, all across the SportsGrid Network as well. I am Ben Stevens. The final Friday of the year 2022, the last Football Friday of this year, live right here on the morning after, but tons of football to get to over the course of these next two hours. Week 17 of the NFL regular season is now underway. Just two weeks left in this regular season where playoff seeding and berths are on the line. Each and every game for some form or fashion having implications for that postseason chase. We'll go all around the National Football League. We'll set the Sunday slate. And of course, it's a big weekend in college football. Five bowl games today. The first New Year's Six Bowl in Miami, an all-orange bowl between Tennessee and and Clemson and of course tomorrow is the college football playoff what we work all year for the last four teams in contention for a national championship we do that over the span of these next two hours up until 11 a.m eastern time week 17 of the NFL season kicking off last night in Nashville the Tennessee Titans hosting the Dallas Cowboys the story for Tennessee entering the football game was who was going to be playing in said football game Ryan Tannehill out trying his best to come back for week number 18 if at all possible it seemed like for a good majority of the day the rookie Malik Willis would make his fourth start of the year that was not the case and the availability on the other side for Dallas also in question especially in their backfield for Tennessee this game didn't mean all that much their entire focus on their regular season finale week 18 next Sunday in Jacksonville against the Jaguars that was going to be the case entering this week and Mike Vrabel took that to heart he rested a lot of his star players to be fully healthy and ready for week 18 in Jacksonville and it seems like the quarterback for week 18 for Tennessee if it's not Ryan Tannehill is not going to be Malik Willis It might be Joshua Dobbs. Surprising news yesterday afternoon that Dobbs was slated to make his first career start in the National Football League, a fourth-round draft pick back in 2017. He joined Tennessee just about two weeks ago. He gets the start. The line moves like crazy. It goes to 13.5 in favor of the Dallas Cowboys, and ultimately the Cowboys cover that double-digit spread. 27-13, the final last night in the Music City. The Cowboys a 13 and a half point favorite. Their fourth time as a double digit favorite this year, two and two against the spreads. It, it was the third game for Tennessee as a double digit dog this year. Now one and two against the number, not covering by the hook. So let's look at all the movement that we saw for Thursday night football because it is a case study in terms of motivation here entering the final two weeks of this regular season. When the line opened up, it was at 10 and a half then all of the starters were going to rest for Tennessee Derrick Henry ruled out as well with no king in the backfield the line moved to 12 and a half in favor of Dallas when Malik Willis was replaced by Joshua Dobbs it goes to 13 and a half 
And that's where it closed. And because of 10 unanswered points in the fourth and final quarter for the Cowboys, 17 in total in that second half, they pull away to cover in a 27-13 victory as a 13-and-a-half-point favorite. A welcome to our Sports Grid Radio audience here as we get going on a football Friday. Our Sports Grid Radio audience now in full effect. All of our terrestrial radio affiliates as well in Sirius XM Channel 1. 59. I am Ben Stevens. A football Friday is underway. Week 17, the second to last week of the NFL regular season, now underway as well. Tennessee resting a ton of starters. Joshua Dobbs making his first career start in the NFL, and the Dallas Cowboys take advantage. A 14-point victory covering as a 13-and-a-half-point favorite. So no Derrick Henry last night for Tennessee, getting the start in the backfield. The rookie out of Michigan, Hassan Haskins, a rushing yards prop of 49 in a hook. Falls under 12 carries, 40 yards for Haskins. His maize and blue getting ready for a big Saturday in college football in the first of the two college football playoff semifinal matchups. Ezekiel Elliott ran the football a ton, 19 carries, but averaged less than two yards per carry. 37 yards, he did find the end zone, but well under his rushing yards prop of 72 and a half. It's been a mixed bag with Dak Prescott for most of this year. Ten games now since he returned from that right thumb injury that sidelined him early on for the first month and a half of this NFL season. He threw multiple interceptions last night in the first half. It's his fifth game in the last ten where he has thrown multiple interceptions. Thirteen INTs in total, but two second half touchdown passes to Dalton Schultz, a plus 230 anytime TD number that Tom Vecchio highlighted for you on Thursday's edition of the morning after catches 56 yards for Dalton Schultz. And for the third straight game, CD Lamb hits the century mark. 11 grabs, 100 receiving yards for CD over his receiving yards prop of 72 and a half. Now career highs for CD Lamb this year, 1307 receiving yards, 102 grabs and eight receiving touchdowns, career highs for CD this year in 2022. So here's where Dallas is entering their regular season finale next weekend against the Washington Commanders. They have the third best price to win the NFC title, plus 450. Their odds did not improve or grow shorter following the big two touchdown victory on the road in Nashville last night. And the question for the Cowboys is always the playoffs. I have said it so many times on this show, but it bears repeating. Dallas, in the past 25 years, a 3-16 postseason record. We set the stage for Week 17, the second-to-last Sunday in the NFL, up next here on the morning app. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The final football Friday of 2022, live right here on the morning after on SportsGrid. I am Ben Stevens. If it is a football Friday, all calendar year long, that has meant Mike Blewett has been here. And once again, for one final time, Mike Blewett joins the show on this football Friday on TMA. One of the hosts of Pro Football Today, each and every Sunday at 10 a.m. Eastern time, live right here on the grid. Blewett. Only two more PFTs for the regular season on a Sunday in store. It is a bittersweet moment as we enter week 17. No doubt. And I, the games start to get really funky here, too. We saw a game last night where the Titans 
despite the fact that it feels like they should be playing as hard as they can. We're like, no, nah, we're resting everybody. This game means absolutely nothing. We'll focus on next week. And you start to wonder if other teams had that same thing in mind, or some teams are packing up and heading out for the year with two games to go. They're out of the playoffs. You wonder what kind of motivation they have. That's what becomes tricky at this time of the year, figuring out what teams are actually trying to play for. It was so interesting seeing the mentality for Tennessee last night at home. A 13-and-a-half-point underdog. Joshua Dobbs gets his first NFL career start against the Dallas Cowboys, and Dallas goes on the road. A big second half. They score 17 in the final two quarters, 10 in the fourth for a 27-13 victory. And, Mike, you're right. The Titans really only focused on Week 18, regardless of the outcome last night. Even if they were perfectly healthy, they could have pulled off a monumental upset. All that would have mattered is still Week 18 in the matchup against the Jaguars that will decide the fate of the AFC South. But, Blewett, this is a team now in Tennessee that is two games below 500, riding a six-game losing skid you would hope to maybe buck some of that bad momentum entering your winner take all regular season finale but we'll focus on Tennessee a little bit later on right now the conversation Mike Blewett a 12 win Dallas Cowboy team entering their regular season finale next weekend but it's not the regular season that has been the crux for the Cowboys in the last two and a half decades as I have pointed out Dallas this year a plus 450 number the third best price to win the NFC Championship. So, Mike Blewett, my question to you is this. Is this version, the 2022 version of the Dallas Cowboys, finally ready to make some noise come postseason time? I think they could be in a tough spot, to be honest, Ben. They might end up... Uh, I'm going to assume that the Bucks get it done and they beat right. the Panthers this week and they you know, lock themselves in as the four seed. The Cowboys are locked in as the five seed they're going to go on the road to play a Bucks team that dominated them many, many weeks ago, but did dominate them to open the season. And I just wonder if this Cowboys team can travel in the way that they're going to need to to beat the Bucks. I, I think the Bucks have looked ugly for most of the season, if not all of the season. But Tom Brady in a home game with a defense that, if they're playing well, could limit the Cowboys – I think you're in a one-score game and anything is possible. The Cowboys have clearly been better than the Bucks for the last three months, but I, I wouldn't guarantee a win, no. I, I think they're going to go up against a Bucks team that is going to try to prove something this season, and the one playoff game would at least do that. This is Tom Brady's 23rd year now in the National Football League. He has 35 playoff wins. In a similar time frame, 25 years, the Dallas Cowboys only have three playoff wins as a franchise. So let's focus on what could be the deciding game in the NFC South on Sunday afternoon in Tampa Bay. Right now, Mike Blue at the Buccaneers, a three-point favorite against Carolina. With a victory, it is done. Tom Brady and the Bucs wrap up an NFC South divisional crown for a second consecutive season. You think they get it done against Carolina on Sunday. Why are you believing in the Buccaneers? Is it the idea that it is finally now time to trust Tom Brady? That's a difficult question only because I've had faith in him all along and right. their offense just looks out of sync every single week. And we have a Panthers team that's coming in. Yes, they lost to the Steelers, but they won three games around that. So they've won three of four and, and four of six. It's certainly the best that they've looked is under interim head coach Steve Wilkes. By the way, 
an interim head coach has never won a division. They've made a playoffs before, but they've mm. never won a division. So something on the line there for Steve Wilkes in terms of history. Uh, I just, I'm going to, the, the way I'm, I'm analyzing this game, and I, I understand this is not a surefire thing because of how poorly the Bucks have looked through most of the season, but I, I feel better about the Bucks taking advantage of the Panthers' defense than the other way around. I do think this could be a one-score game. I just have to trust Brady and the Bucks at home in this one. I, the fatal flaw of this team, there are many flaws in this team, but the fatal flaw has been their offensive line. They haven't been able to run the ball effectively. They haven't been able to protect Brady in the way that they have in years past. And we knew this going into the season, that this would going to be the major problem with this team. And it is. But I think in a one-game winner-takes-all scenario, I like the Bucks' defense to step up. It is very interesting, Mike Blewett, because Carolina won the first game in the season series against Tampa Bay. It was the second game under interim head coach Steve Wilkes. They were a 13-point home underdog in Charlotte, yeah. and they won by 18, 21-3 against Tampa Bay. But it now comes down to this game. With a win for the Panthers, they take the lead in the NFC South, given the head-to-head tiebreaker advantage over the Buccaneers, and then the fate of the division decided in the regular season finale a big week as well Mike Blewett in Seattle in the Pacific Northwest both the Seahawks and the Jets do battle and both teams trying to keep their playoff hopes alive both one game below 500 at the moment a seven in eight straight up record one and a half points Blewett the spread in favor of the Jets now with Mike White as the starting quarterback once again we see what the odds say about this game do you believe it will be as competitive as that one and a half point spread indicates I do. I'm actually going to be pretty fascinated to watch this game. I think these teams are going to get after one another. They feel their playoff hopes have slipped sliding away, and I, I think they're going to fight to the last minute in this one. I like the fact that Mike White is back in for the Jets. I keep coming back to the fact that I, I feel like points are going to be scored in this game. I didn't, I'm not bold enough to pick it as one of my triple option plays, but I, I just feel like there's going to be some points on the board here. And Mike White is going to have to find a way offensively to pull the Jets through uh, if their defense yeah. isn't able to step up as they have in weeks past. Probably more similar to the Vikings game that the Jets played a couple of weeks ago with Mike White than anything else. So I, I think Geno could have some success and Mike White could have some success as well. All three of these AFC East teams that did not win the division, which Buffalo already clinched a few weeks back, in contention for the final AFC wildcard spot. Right now, Blue it. Miami holds on to that seventh and final AFC playoff spot with the Patriots and the Jets just one game behind. Miami beat New England the opening Sunday of the year. The Jets beat the Dolphins later on in the season as well in a game that Teddy Bridgewater got the start but was knocked out of very early on. A divisional duel in Foxborough on Sunday with Teddy Bridgewater getting the start once more. Mike, against New England a two and a half point spread now in favor of the Pats Blewett how does your evaluation or your handicap of this game change when Teddy Bridgewater is the starter for Miami I understand Teddy had pretty good numbers in, in the game that he started earlier this year but he did have crucial interceptions as well I think you're going to have to be concerned about that as a Dolphins fan this season has gone in an entirely different direction from where it looked when they were eight and three and I think them going on the road is going to be a tough deal for them. 
I will say I still think the Dolphins are the better team. I, I think this one is a tight one. I, I just keep coming back to the fact that uh, the Patriots have been really bad lately. And yeah. these last five weeks, they've been a really bad team. And I don't know if they can cure their issues going up this week. I think Bridgewater definitely helps them, though. Tua is definitely the quarterback you'd want in there. Certainly so. Well, look at that game and the triple option up next because maybe I'm believing in Teddy Two Gloves. Right now, Miami's still an odds-on favorite at a minus 210 number to make the postseason in the AFC. We run the triple option with Mike Blewett next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. I'm almost feeling sentimental on this Football Friday Live right here on the morning after on SportsGrid because it is the final Friday of 2022, the final Football Friday of 2022, live right here on the Spiz Grizz, which means the final triple option of 2022. Yes, the regular season continues on next week in the National Football League. We'll have some postseason games to handicap, of course, and some triple options in the playoffs, but the final one, Mike Lewitt, of 2022 you have been our guest each and every football friday here in this calendar year so to say thank you please start us off with your favorite side of this weekend week number 17 the second to last sunday in the nfl regular season well ben it's been an honor to be here every football friday uh, always a fun thing for us to do and walk through some of the games that we like the most so triple option we'll start it off with the new york giants playing a Colts team that looks about as bad as any team in the league right now. I think the five and a half is a little bit of a tricky number. Anytime it gets into that five, five and a half range, starts to make you shy away a little bit. So let's yeah. just isolate the second half. Giants laying two and a half in the second half against the Colts. The Giants average 12.3 points per game in the second half. That is seventh in the league. Indy averages 8.5 points per game in the second half. That's 27th in the league. So give me the Giants to pull away from them in the second half. I do think they can cover the outright number at five and a half. So if you were pinning me down, I would say uh, lay the five and a half. But I'm going to isolate the second half here. Mike Blue, the New York Giants are the second best cover team in the NFL, only behind the Cincinnati Bengals. New York is 11-4 against the spread, but they've only been booked as a favorite four times this year two and two against the number also straight up they lost two of those games they did not cover as a favorite outright they have been sensational as an underdog but i agree with the premise of looking at the five and a half and thinking eh, it's a little bit spooky a little bit of that weird number so isolate yeah. the second half laying two and a half there against a colts team that hey i'm not really sure what left is in store for jeff saturday as the interim head man my favorite side is a game we just touched on the Miami Dolphins against the New England Patriots. Now, after Tua Tungavailoa entered concussion protocol on Monday afternoon, Miami was initially a one-and-a-half-point road favorite. They became a one-and-a-half-point road underdog with his status in doubt. And then it was confirmed Tua suffered a concussion on Sunday. He was out for this game. Teddy Bridgewater would be making the start. The line got all the way up to three. Loved it there. It is now down by a hook to two-and-a-half. You have missed that key number of hitting the push 
if they do end up losing by a field goal. So why not just go Teddy Two Gloves and the Finns outright in a game the Dolphins desperately need? Miami has dropped four straight. Blue, you mentioned it as we were previewing that game in our last segment together. A couple of weeks ago, it wasn't about Miami flirting on the edge of a postseason berth. It was Miami flirting with a divisional crown in the AFC East. If not that, if they couldn't hold off the Buffalo Bills, making some serious noise come playoff time. Their future looks a little bit more in doubt with Tua Tungawailoa now on the sideline in concussion protocol for a third time this year. But I do believe in Teddy Two Gloves in this football game. As a starter in the NFL, not many people can cover a number quite like Teddy. 42-21-1 against the spread. That's a 65% cover percentage. He made one full start this year. He started the game against the Jets. He got knocked out on the first offensive drive, but he did start again against the Vikings a few weeks later. They did not cover as a three-point underdog. They lost that game by eight, but he did throw for nearly 330 yards. He did have two picks, but also two touchdowns. I think the passing attack with Tyreek Hill and with Jalen Waddle will still very much be there. Now, New England is the 14th best passing defense in the league, but over the past three weeks, they've allowed 263 yards per game. And Joe Burrow, despite multiple interceptions last week in Foxborough, threw for nearly 370 yards. And what do the Patriots want to do offensively? Mike Blewett's guess is as good as my guess. I don't even know if Joe Judge and Matt Patricia really understand what they want to do offensively, but we think they're going to run with Ramondre Stevenson. Miami has a top 10 rushing defense in the National Football League. And Miami now has beaten New England in four straight games, four of the five since Tom Brady left the New England Patriots. And Blewett mentioned it. The Patriots are a good football team. They could win this football game, and I could eat my words. But the Pats are a bad team. They've lost four of their last five games, and all seven wins this year for the Patriots have come against teams with a losing record. Those seven wins against teams with a combined record of 42-52-1. For all my two and on faithful out there that now follow me on social media, Dolphins outright money line, plus 126. I love it. I love it. It's amazing to think that this 8-3 and three Dolphins team has slid into the position that they're in. And then, similarly, the Pats were a 6-4 and four team that have lost 4 of 5, and they're still very much alive. It's kind of the wild part about the bottom rungs of the playoff teams this year. That Not everything has been pretty uh, for those teams, certainly not all, all the way through the season. I'll go over to my total right now. So, I, th- I understand that this Jaguars-Texans game doesn't really have a lot riding on it, but right. for a Texans team to get an emotional win and the Jaguars really needing to get the train back on the tracks, I think the Jaguars offense is going to get it done this week. So I'm going over their team total of 23 and a half. Houston has allowed this in six of their last eight games and Jaguars have hit this number over 23 and a half in three of their last five. I think it's going to be really vital for them to get the offense in a good spot to not just for this week, but for next week as well. I think you want to see some semblance of consistency in the offense. I think that has been the frustrating part for Jaguars fans and Jaguars betters throughout the year is that they look great one week and then it falls apart the next week obviously they get the win against the jets 19 to 3 win that was mo- mainly uh, ineptitude on the jets offensive side but i, I right. think they can get there they scored 40 against dallas they scored 36 against tennessee 
the Lions game was bad, but I, I just think they're in a good position here to put up a bunch of points to for a Texans team that I think probably checked that last box that they needed to check before the end of the year. I think they'll mainly be checked out this season, this week. Listen, one time for the Houston Texans, booked as an underdog in all 15 games this year, 7-7-1 seven, seven, and one against the spread. They were booked as a dog in 16 of the 17 last year, 8-7-1 against the spread. They have been profitable over the last two seasons. Now, Blue, there's a weird thing that happens in the AFC South. Some very interesting trends like Indianapolis can't win in Jacksonville and Jacksonville can't beat Houston. The Jags have lost nine straight games against the Texans. You're right. This game doesn't mean anything. So very quickly here, Mike Blewett, week 18 is what it comes down to. Tennessee lost last night by 14 at home. It seems Joshua Dobbs is slated to make the start. They're a six-point road underdog in Duval against Jacksonville with the AFC South title on the line. Your quick early look at that football game. I, I just, I, I it's going to have to be an all-time Derrick Henry game. Dobbs obviously looked better than Malik Willis has looked, so they have somebody that's capable under center. I don't expect Tannehill to be out there, even though rumors suggest that he's going to try to be out there. I, I just don't see how that can happen, given he had surgery on the ankle just a couple of weeks ago. I, I'm going to lean with the Jaguars. I would not lay six points, but I would lean for the Jaguars to win that game. I think the Jaguars are going to get it done this year. I agree as well. And they're a heavy favorite right now in the AFC South. A minus 275 price entering the start of week 17. Blue, and I'll keep this one pretty quick. My favorite total of the weekend, the Niners team total of 25 and a half on the road against the Las Vegas Raiders. Brock Purdy took over early in the first quarter for Jimmy Garoppolo about a month ago. In those four games for San Francisco, they have averaged 31 and a half points per game. They have gone over their team total of 25 and a hook in three of those four games. The Raiders are in an absolute uh, bad place right now, to say the least. I was going to use a curse word, but I try to keep my mouth clean here on the morning <laughs> after. They have the 10th worst scoring defense in the NFL due to Las Vegas Raiders, 23.3 points per game. And if you're looking for a touchdown prop or maybe just a connection that has worked well, how about the Cyhawk connection between the Cyclone and Bright Purdy and the Hawkeye tight end and George Kittle? Multiple touchdowns in each of the last two games. Four TDs in total for George Kittle in the last two. The Niners over 25 and a half for their team total against the Raiders. Mike Blewett, your favorite prop for Week 17. Love that call. I actually was going to go in that direction, but you had already chosen it before me. So I'm um, with you. I think the Niners put up a lot of points. I'm going Justin Jefferson over receiving yards. It should be in the 95-yard, 96-yard range. He's been over 96 yards in 10 of the 12 games since they played Detroit. I understand he had his worst game of the season. The first time they played Detroit, three catches for 14 yards. It's obviously been very different for him since then. So he's hit over 100 yards in, I believe, eight of those games since. So uh, I'm going with Justin Jefferson, who's going for some big-time records I think against a yep. Packers team that may be fighting back, but I, I think there is a good chance that Justin Jefferson gets to his number. Already holds the single-season franchise record for Minnesota in terms of receiving yards, moving past Randy Moss as of last week, but he's looking for big NFL records, like the first-ever receiver to have 2,000 yards in a single regular season. He's a minus 800 favorite to an offensive player of the year. Quickly, my favorite prop, Brian Robinson Jr. for the Washington Commanders on the ground. I have no faith 
in Carson Wentz. I think Washington will establish the run against a Browns defense that is the eighth worst rushing defense in the NFL, giving up a buck 62 on the ground per, on average over the last three weeks. And Brian Robinson Jr. has had 89 or more rushing yards in four of the last six weeks, averaging pretty much 82 yards per game in that span, 83 or more in four of the last six. Mike Blewett, Thank you, as always, for being here on Football Fridays. Have a wonderful new year, my friend. We'll talk very SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Yes, it is the final football Friday of 2022, but just the last Friday of the morning after here in 2022 as well. Time to set up a big weekend in the association. Back here live on TMA all across the Sports Grid Network on this Friday. Helping us preview the weekend ahead in the NBA, Evan Sideri. Back on the show here on the morning after from Basketball News. Dot com. Evan, hope you had a very Merry Christmas weekend, taking in all of the NBA action and are looking forward to the new year here starting in 2023. Absolutely, Ben. It was a great week of basketball. Another great week coming up all throughout the season, too. And happy holidays to you guys as well. Thank you very, very much. A big weekend ahead in the NBA. Also a pretty good Thursday night slate. Two of the best teams, Evan, or at least two of the teams that have a ton of optimism the rest of the way facing off last night inside TD Garden Boston Celtics the Los Angeles Clippers the seas closed as a six-point favorite they push as the favorite died at home last night a six-point victory 116 110 over the Clips now four straight victories for Boston 26 wins this year a 26 in 10 record is the best in the NBA what was your main takeaway last night Evan from the action between the seas and the Clips in Boston this Celtics team is just a well-oiled machine, Ben. They've really been really over the last calendar year or so when they flipped the switch in the middle of the season last year when they were struggling. And ever since then, they've been one of the best teams in the NBA. Just to put it simply as that. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown have been one of the best dynamic windows in the NBA over that same span. Tatum is now, I think, in the front-runner spot alongside Luka Doncic for the MVP race. And just looking over the Celtics team, there's so much depth. You have Malcolm Brogdon playing a six-man role. You have Marcus Smart playing more of an all-around role now with Brogdon on, on board there. This is a very well-balanced team. Joe Mazzullo still has them very locked on both ends of the court as well. And going against a, a very good Clippers team when they're healthy on the court, that is a great win last night for the Celtics. I think moving forward here, that's a big momentum builder to carry their win streak going. A very balanced effort from both of those terrorizing tandems that you see on your screen. For LA, Kawhi had 26, PG had 24. They combined for 50 total points. But the Jays have been on an absolute tear. 70 combined points on Christmas Day in a big victory for the Seas over the Bucks. 79 combined points just earlier this week. And 58 combined last night against LA. Both players, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, scoring 29 points apiece. So when both of these duos are healthy, Evan Sideri, who is the better pair? Oh, that's a really good question. And one I actually would struggle to answer. I mean, I would say right now I would still lean Kawhi Leonard and Paul George just because they've proven it throughout their career. Obviously, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown have shown it. They're all-stars, all-NBA players. 
I would still lean those guys right now just based off experience of what I've seen in the past. But right here, right now, it's a very tough debate, which is a lot about that young duo in Boston with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. If they're on that level of a Kawhi Leonard, Paul George already, that trajectory of that team in the next four or five years, Ben, is just outstanding with those two leading the, leading the charge there. Right now, the Boston Celtics, again, the best record in the NBA, 26-10 straight up. They were the preseason team that had the second-best odds to win an NBA championship, moving just back behind Milwaukee slightly before this year got tipped off in 2022-23. They are now the lone favorites, a plus-350 number, Evan. Nearly their price cut in half. The Clippers had one of the shortest prices out of the West, plus-700 before the year. Add on two-and-a-half bucks Plus 950, but LA still with a top six price to win an NBA championship at this moment. So the odds have become shorter for Boston. Now the favorites to win the NBA championship a little bit longer for LA, but still very much a contender as the numbers would say. Evan, do you agree with this movement we have seen for both the Celtics and the Clippers? Yeah, it makes total sense, to be honest. Boston, like I mentioned, looks like one of the best teams in the NBA on both ends of the court. And the way that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are playing right now, Ben, it's hard to bet against them. I think the number at plus 350 goes to show that, too. But looking over the Clippers, too, Ben, I always love finding value on the boards here when we're looking over these numbers. And I think Clippers right now at plus 950, I think that's a great number to pounce on right now if I were anyone out there listening because – Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, obviously they have not been consistently on the court together, but if they are in the postseason, that's a great number to grab right now because this Clippers team, they are loaded with depth. They have great star pieces. If they all just click together and stay healthy, that's a team that can easily make a run to the Western Conference Finals there, maybe further beyond that if they can all stay healthy. It is really interesting, Evan, when you look at where the value is right now to win the NBA championship. The Celtics are the favorites, plus 350, a dollar and a half in front of the Bucs, and then behind Milwaukee, the Brooklyn Nets. So the, so the three shortest odds, all teams from the Eastern Conference, then the next five best prices, all teams from the West. It is an interesting board at this moment, always trying to find some value as we enter a new year in 2023. Evan Sideri, how do you follow up? on a 60-point, 21-rebound, 10-assist, historic triple-double performance. How about another triple-double? 35 points, 13 dimes, 12 boards last night for Luka Doncic, who continues to make history. He is now the first player in NBA history to score 95 points, have 20 boards and 20 assists in a two-game span, and he sailed over both of those benchmarks from a rebounding and assist-making perspective. So Evan Sideri, Luka Doncic, and the Houston Rockets cover at home last night in an all-Texas showdown against the Rockets as a 10.5-point favorite, a 129-114 victory. Evan, it is very difficult to do, but how would you sum up in words what Luka Doncic has done here this week in the association? Historic. I mean, just to put it simply like that, Ben, because the way he's playing right now, I've been mentioning this all throughout the season, but this maybe the Mavericks or team you can maybe see make a trade to help out Luka. But with the way that Luka's playing right now, putting up over the last calendar week, Ben, a 40-point triple-double over his last five games is absurd to even say. Uh, I mean, he's yeah. vaulting up his MVP odds. He's a one-man wrecking crew for this Mavericks team. What I will caution, though, is that this workload that Luca is carrying is I have to wonder if it is sustainable. I've been saying it all year long, but I do wonder we get March and April 
if this will last for Dallas because this is a insane workload Luca has right now, but he seems to be handling it. This is, looks like 2016 James Harden all over again in Dallas instead now with Luka Doncic. And with the way he's playing right now, Ben, I mean, it's fair to wonder how high his numbers could go throughout the rest of the season. Plenty of recovery beers needed for Luka Doncic if he is going to stay at this pace. I'm glad you brought up James Harden, Evan, and the Houston Rockets. There were some reports on Christmas Day as the Sixers were getting ready to face off against the New York Knicks that James Harden would possibly be interested in a return to Houston at the end of this season if things don't work out in Philadelphia. How much credence do you put in those reports that maybe the beard makes his way back to the Rockets? I think I, I would say... It feels like a leverage play, in my opinion, for James Harden. I mean, he knows that teams out there will give him a big contract if Philadelphia doesn't, even at his age. He's he's a franchise little player, star little player still in the association. So I think it's more of, hey, I have this option. I could go back to it if you don't pay me. I think that's more what it is because James Harden over the last month or so has proven to Philadelphia with Joel Embiid once Tyrese Max is back in the lineup as well. This is a legitimate team in Philadelphia that Harden should sign up long term for. And we'll get to the Sixers in just a moment. But first, we focus on that MVP race because of the last two nights for Luka Doncic, both Tuesday, the 60-20-10 triple-double, and he 35-13-12 triple-double last night. His odds to win NBA MVP have grown remarkably shorter. 6-1 to one entering Tuesday. Now the second-best price, $2.50 taken off, plus three fifty, only $0.10 cents behind Jason Tatum who hasn't played poorly, 41 points, 38 points, and 29 points, and three straight for Tatum as well. Where do you expect, Evan, to see this market continue to move in the MVP race? I would say definitely the way it's trending right now with Jason Tatum atop the leaderboard makes an awful lot of sense. I mean, he's the best player on the best team in the NBA, and that's the narrative right there. More often than not, can get you the award. And Tatum's putting up the numbers still over 30-plus points per game to show that he's a player deserving of the MVP. So plus 280 to me makes sense. The one that really stands out to me, I know I just mentioned Luka. He might be fluttering all around the board for the next couple months because he's got huge nights. He's going to struggle some nights too, maybe with all the, the pressure and workload on him. But to me, the one that stands up on the board to me, a plus 500, very quietly, this team has very much improved the last couple of weeks and has gone on a really good run. Yeah. Is Nikola Jokic and the Denver Nuggets there at 22-12 and 12 this year. Jokic is playing at an incredible level once again. I just think at this point, Ben, it might just be voter fatigue to not get Jokic's third straight MVP because he's put up the exact same numbers he has the last two years, even more efficiently with better players around him now, Michael Porter and Jamal Murray. So this team, if they keep rattling off wins and be, stay near atop the Western Conference, it's hard to argue against Nikola Jokic being either second or third, potentially even winning his third straight MVP, which would be absolutely incredible. The Joker has had a triple-double in three of his last five games as well. One of the nights he didn't, and he only scored 40 points. It wasn't a one-point loss against the Kings, but still, the numbers are ridiculous for both Nikola Jokic and Luka Doncic, but Jason Tatum plays for the best team in the NBA and is scoring at an all-time clip as well. You brought up the Philadelphia 76ers. A big night for Philly expected as Tyrese Maxey is reportedly making his return for Philadelphia this evening on the road in New Orleans against the Pels. We have seen the Sixers start to play much better basketball. Evan, they had an eight-game win streak snapped earlier this week, but still trending in a very positive direction. Now you add Tyrese Maxey back to the fold for Philly. What does Maxey add? 
Oh, he's just a boost of energy offensively for Philadelphia. He's shown in his last couple of years, he's ascended now into an all-star type player who can give you 20 plus points per game whenever is necessary. Stylistically though, this Philadelphia team without Tyrese Maxey the last couple of weeks, over the past month really, has really done well with De'Anthony Melton playing alongside James Harden. He's a pest defensively. He's a great shooter. He's a great facilitator. I've loved him ever since he was at USC. He did well in, in Phoenix's one year there and Memphis too. He gets, he's continued to improve throughout his career. I think with the way that Philadelphia is playing recently, letting Embiid and Harden take over, let Melton be that pest defensively next to Harden, I do wonder if Tyrese Max could instead slide into a six-man role for this team because his scoring ability, his scoring punch, makes an awful lot of sense for that second unit for Philadelphia that's been struggling a little bit lately. I do think that can make sense for Philadelphia, maybe help out both Maxi and the Sixers throughout this season. It's a really good point, a really good perspective that maybe Doc Rivers keeps in mind. A big matchup in the Big Easy on this Friday night in New Orleans. The Pels riding a four-game win streak as well. A short one-and-a-half-point home underdog against the 76ers in New Orleans on this Friday night. Evan, we can see what the odds say. One-and-a-half points, 228-and-a-half for the over-under. It should be a really good basketball game. What do you expect? Yeah, it's going to be a great one, and I am one I'm very much tuned into out in New Orleans because you see Zion Williamson and Joel Embiid going up head-to-head. It's going to be a clash of the Titans there. But for me, I am going to go with the road uh, underdog here in Philadelphia. I think this makes too much sense for me with Joel Embiid coming back, or Joel Embiid now with Tyrese Maxey back in the lineup. I think you're going to see D'Anthony Melton do a great job defensively on T.J. McCollum. Still the missing Brandon Ingram as well in the lineup. I think it's a game to me where it's Joel Embiid has a 30-plus point game. James Harden steps up. Tyrese Maxey's that much-needed boost of energy offensively for Philadelphia. I love Philadelphia here, so I will take them straight up here on the money line. New Orleans tied for the best record in the Western Conference alongside those Denver Nuggets. Evan, as we quickly look here at the best records in the NBA, regardless of conference and their prices to win an NBA title, does anything on this board stand out to you? I'm going to go back to the well here, Ben. I'm going to go with Denver at plus 1,300, and I'm also going to go with New Orleans at plus 2,000. Those are two odds to me that really don't make much sense, especially New Orleans here at plus 2,000 because Brandon Ingram still is not in the lineup yet for New Orleans. And once he's back with Zion Williamson and Susie McCollum, getting plus 2,000 right here, right now, I think that's something you got to pounce on. Evan, trying to figure out what is going to happen in the Western Conference this year is going to be a very difficult cap, but one that is very exciting. Evan Sidari of BasketballNews.com, one of the best doing it. Evan, have a wonderful holiday weekend and a very happy new year. We round out our number one of the morning after. Up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rounding out our number one morning after live right here on this football Friday, the final football Friday of TMA of this year in 2022. Thank you for joining us to end out this week, to end out your year on the Sports Grid Network, Sirius XM Channel 159, and everywhere you consume your Spiz Grizz content. I am Ben Stevens. A huge Sunday ahead in the National Football League. Just two Sundays remain in this NFL regular season. Week 17, now week 18, next week. The playoff race front and center for many teams, and all four teams in the AFC East have the postseason in their sights. 
The Buffalo Bills have already clinched the AFC East division, but the three others, the Dolphins, Patriots, and Jets, all battling for the third and final AFC wildcard spot. Who gets it? That's what we asked you in Fade the Public. It will be a very interesting final two weekends within this division. Divisional duels all across the board. The Patriots and the Dolphins this weekend in Foxborough. The Dolphins and the Jets next weekend to end out the regular year. And, of course, the Patriots take on the Bills. So which of these three AFC East teams makes the postseason? That was the question at SportsGrid TV on Twitter for our Fade the Public poll. Most of the public, 59% of the public, going with the Miami Dolphins. That follows along with the odds, minus 210. The price still for the Finns, despite a four-game skid and the uncertainty around the status of Tua Tungavailoa for the rest of this year, still favored to get into the postseason. The Pats actually have the longest number of these three teams, and the Jets the second-best price at plus 390. But the Dolphins heavily favored to get in. Miami beat New England. The opening Sunday of this year, but a short road underdog of two and a half points on this Sunday in Foxborough. The Dolphins and the Jets end out the year against one another week number 18. Our number two of this final football Friday of 2022 on the other side of the break following a Sports Grid News update from Alex Fasano. 